Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 205, and we are going to take a look at the United States Secret Service. Very interesting here. It's a little thick, but I'm going to try and shorten it as much as possible.、Um, this definitely has a very much diverse history.、Um, but before we dive in, let me give a big shout out to my listeners. So here we go. We love to see you here. So a big shout out to Illinois, British Columbia, Pennsylvania, Texas, Virginia, New York, California, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Maryland, Michigan, New Brunswick, Louisiana, Connecticut, Hawaii, and Manitoba. In terms of countries, the United States, the Russian Federation, Canada, Australia, the United Kingdom, the Netherlands, Slovakia, South Africa. Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, Italy, and Iran. Good to see all of you. We love you very much. Do check us out on YouTube, The Endurance of Labor Laws, and also、um, we have a new podcast、um, called The After Show. So whatever、um, we do not get a chance to discuss in this show, we transitioned over to The After Show. That way, this show is not like、uh, super long and intensive, but also it's kind of a different genre a little bit for The After Show. Again, it's almost like The Daily Show. So very interesting stuff going on there, but let's dive into this puppy here. Again, we are taking a quick look at the United States Secret Service.、And、so this one is very interesting.、Um, its abbreviation is USSS.、Um, it was formed July 5, 1865. They have quite a few employees, too many, I think.、Um, they have 7,000 plus employees, and that is as of 2019. Their annual budget, meaning this is what they're given, no questions asked every year. In 2019, they were given 2.23 billion dollars, and that's billion with a B. Way too much money for this.、Um, it's headquartered in Washington D.C.、Um, they have a director and then a deputy director.、Um, their parent agency is the United States Department of Homeland Security. And then before that, it was the United States Department of the Treasury. So a lot of things were initially handled by、um, the IRS, basically.、Um, they have 116 field and resident offices, and they have 20 overseas offices there.、Um, so a little bit of history here:、um, the United States Secret Service, or just Secret Service, is a federal law enforcement agency under the Department of Homeland Security. Charged with conducting criminal investigations and protecting U.S. political leaders, their families, and visiting heads of state or government, until 2003, the Secret Service was part of the Department of the Treasury, aka IRS, as the agency was founded in 1865 to combat the then widespread counterfeiting of U.S. currency. Very interesting. There、um, says here the Secret Service is mandated by Congress. With two distinct and critical national security missions:、uh, protecting the nation's leaders and safeguarding the financial and critical infrastructure of the United States.、Um, in terms of like having a protective mission, it says the, the Secret Service secures the safety of the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, the President-elect of the United States, the Vice President-elect of the United States, and their immediate families. Former presidents, their spouses, and their minor children under the age of 16,、uh, major presidential and vice presidential candidates and their spouses, and visiting foreign heads of state and heads of government.、Um, by custom, it also provides protection to the Secretary of the Treasury and Secretary of Homeland Security, as well as other persons as directed by the President, usually the White House Chief of Staff and National Security Advisor. 
Um, it says here by federal statute, the president and vice president may not refuse this protection. Um, the Secret Service also provides physical security for the uh, White House complex, the neighboring uh, Treasury Department building, the vice president's residence, the principal private residences of the president, vice president and former presidents, and all foreign diplomatic missions in Washington, D.C., The protective mission includes protective operations to coordinate manpower and logistics with state and local law enforcement, protective advances to conduct site and venue assessments for protectees, and protective intelligence to investigate all manners of threats made against protectees. The Secret Service is the lead agency in charge of the planning, coordination, and implementation of security operations for events designated as national special security events. As part of the service's mission of preventing an incident before it occurs, the agency relies on meticulous advance work and threat assessments developed by its intelligence division to identify potential risk uh, to protectees. So good to know all that. It says here, the Secret Service safeguards the payment and financial systems of the United States from a wide range of financial and cyber-based crimes. Financial investigations include counterfeit U.S. currency, bank and financial institution fraud, mail fraud, wire fraud, illicit financing operations, and major conspiracies. Cyber investigations include cybercrime, network intrusions, identity theft, access device fraud, credit card fraud, and intellectual property crimes. The Secret Service is also a member of the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force, which investigates and combats terrorism on a national and international scale. The Secret Service investigates missing and exploited children and is a partner of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. The Secret Service's initial responsibility was to investigate the counterfeiting of U.S. currency, which was rampant following the American Civil War. The agency then evolved into the United States' first domestic intelligence and counterintelligence agency. Many of the agency's missions were later taken over by subsequent agencies such as the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Central Intelligence Agency, also known as CIA, Drug Enforcement Administration, also known as DEA, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Fire, Firearms and Explosives, also known as ATF, and IRS Criminal Investigation Division. Now, here's the thing. All the things we just listed um, that were not made their own agency, basically that's one of the reasons why um, this agency, the Secret Service, has such a large budget. It's because it takes on way too much. So the Secret Service, I think they need to have more of their responsibilities divided out into actual um, federal agencies That way it's not one big fat tick of an agency with so much to do. And I bet they are heavily burdened with so much stuff. So that's unfortunate with that. Um, the Secret Service combines the two responsibilities into a unique dual objective. The two core missions of protection and investigation um, go together, providing crucial benefits to special agents during the course of their careers, skills developed during the course of investigations, which are also used in an agent's protective duties include, but are not limited to, partnerships that are created between field offices and local law enforcement during the course of investigations, being used to gather both protective intelligence and in sorry, excuse me, coordinating protection events. Um, they also deal with tactical operations, which include surveillance, arrests, and search warrants. Um, It says here they have to specialize or have a sorry have a proficiency in analyzing handwriting and forgery techniques being applied in protective investigations. 
um, interesting there. They also have to have expertise in investigating electronic and financial crimes. Um, interesting there with that because I would think that would apply more to the IRS and the FTC and the SEC, so the Federal Trade Commission and the Securities Exchange Commission because you have to remember most if not all these different agencies have their own investigating little police force so to speak. So they may not necessarily be like a police officer, but they do have a law enforcement kind of um responsibility within these different agencies. Um it says here the secret service is authorized uh, to protect the president, the vice president, they should be vice president and then the president elect, vice president elect and list all the ones we just discussed. So this is kind of a repeat. I'm going to skip over that. Um let me see here. I'm going to skip that. The Secret Service's uh, other primary mission is to investigate um to protect the payment and financial systems of the United States from a wide range of financial and electronic-based crimes including counterfeit US currency, bank and financial institution fraud, illicit financing operations. Some of this is a repeat. Uh cybercrime, identity theft, intellectual property crimes, and other violations that may affect the United States economy and financial systems. Again, I think that goes more along the lines with the IRS and the Federal Trade Commission because that's more their specialty. The Secret Service is not really built um for financial crime investigation. The Secret Service is more for um protecting the presidency and things of that nature. Um we're going to talk a little bit about the early years. So it says um With the reported one third of the currency in circulation being counterfeit at the time, Abraham Lincoln established a commission to make recommendations to remedy the problem. The Secret Service was later established on July 5, 1865, in Washington D.C. to suppress counterfeit currency. Um, let's see here. Chief William B. or William P. Wood was sworn in by Secretary of the Treasury. and then it was commissioned in Washington DC as the secret service division of the department of the treasury with the mission of suppressing counterfeiting at the time the only other federal law enforcement agencies were the united states customs service the united states park police the united states post office department's office of instructions and mail uh i'm not sure what that other word is but the united states postal inspection service and the united states marshal service Um, the marshals did not have the manpower to investigate all crime under federal jurisdiction so the secret service began investigating a wide range of crimes from murder to bank robbery to illegal gambling also oh, this explains why the secret service has way too much under their belt and so this explains why the secret service um why it was initially under the branch of the IRS basically the department of the treasury and i guess um knowing that it's because of counterfeit um counterfeit of our currency was pretty bad i guess after the civil war which i didn't know that um but it would make sense unfortunately um kind of interesting with that but we're going to move forward um it says um a little bit about the 1940s it says the secret service assisted in arresting japanese american leaders and in the japanese american internment uh, during world war 2 um in terms of the 1950s in 1950 president harry s truman uh was residing in Blair House while the White House across the street was undergoing renovations on November 1st 1952 Puerto Rican nationalists Oscar I'm going to mispronounce this Calizo and I think it's Griselio Torresola approached Blair House with the intent to assassinate President Truman I've never heard of this 
Um, but both these men opened fire on Private uh, Leslie Kofelt and other White House police officers. Um, though mortally wounded by three shots from a nine millimeter, um, let's see here, German Luger um, to his chest and abdomen, um, Private Kofelt returned fire, killing one of the men with a single shot to his head. Um, the other man uh, was also shot. Uh, but survived his injuries and served 29 years in prison after returning to Puerto Rico. Um, let's see here in late 1979. Let's see here. Then moving on to the 1960s. In 1968, as a result of Robert F. Kennedy's assassination, Congress authorized protection of major presidential and vice presidential candidates and nominees. I'm surprised they didn't do that sooner, um, just because of with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. And you know other attacks on other presidents that we have. Um, I'm surprised this wasn't done sooner. Um, in 1965 and 1968, Congress also authorized lifetime protection of the spouses of deceased presidents unless they remarry, and of the children of former presidents until age 16. I don't agree with that because um, typically people are not going after the spouses or their children. So I think that's a waste of money. Um, then moving to the 1980s and 1984. The United States Congress passed the Comprehensive Crime Control Act. I'm not a big fan of that. We will take a look at that later, um, but it was just, it was stupid. I'm not a fan of it. Um, but it extended the Secret Service's jurisdiction over credit card fraud and computer fraud. Um, let's see here in the 1990s, uh, the Secret Service initiated Operation Sun Devil, which they originally intended as a sting against malicious hackers allegedly responsible for disrupting telephone services across the entire United States. The operation, which was later described by Bruce Sterling in his book The Hacker Crackdown, affected a great number of people unrelated to hacking, I'm not surprised, and led to no convictions, I'm not surprised, to the Secret Service, probably not good at this. Uh, the Secret Service, however, was sued and, re and required to pay damages. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I am not surprised. Um, Needs to say, I'm not always impressed with their work. Um, but moving forward, I'm to the 2000s. In regards to the September 11 attacks, the New York City field office was located at Seven World Trade Center. Immediately after the World Trade Center was attacked as part of the September 11 attacks, Special agents and other New York field office employees were among the first to respond with first aid. 67 special agents in New York City at and near the New York field office helped to set up uh, triage areas and evacuate the towers. Let's see here. Moving on to domestic expansion. So effective March 1st, 2003, the Secret Service transferred from the Treasury to the newly developed, established Department of Homeland Security. Not a big fan of that. Um, the United States, or the USA Patriot Act, signed into law by President George W. Bush on October 26, 2001, mandated the Secret Service to establish a nationwide network of ECTFs in addition to the one already active in New York. As such, this mandate expanded on the agency's first ECTF, uh, the New York Electronic Crimes Task Force formed in 1995, uh, which brought together federal, state, and local law enforcement, prosecutors, private industry companies, and academia. Uh, these bodies collectively provide necessary support and resources to field investigations that meet any one of the following criteria, significant economic or community impact, uh, excuse me, participation of organized criminal groups involving multiple districts, 
or transnational organizations or use of schemes involving new technology. Let's see here. They're kind of re- repeating a little bit. Um, but they're basically expanding how they investigate considering what happened with 9/11, which again 9/11 could have totally been it could have totally been prevented. Um, the FBI and other federal agencies did not do their job very well. Um, so what sucks about that is when federal agencies who are supposed to protect the United States fail, then that burden gets put on our military but after basically after the aftermath basically. So kind of not a very smart response in regards to that. Not a big fan of that. Um let's see here it says as of 2010 the service had over 6,500 employees, 3,200 special agents, 1,300 uniformed division officers and 2,000 technical and administrative employees. I'm guessing if they're administrative employees they're probably professional paper pushers. Not a big fan of that. Um let's see here in September 2014 The United States Secret Service came under criticism following two high-profile incidences um involving intruders at the White House. One such intruder entered the East Room of the White House through an unlocked door. <laughs> so they're not really doing a good job. <laughs> hmm, okay, so now we're moving to the 2020s. On April 15, 2020, The ICE Homeland Security Investigations Unit launched Operation Stolen Promise. So that's what a title that targets COVID-19 related fraud. The operation conscripted resources from various branches of law enforcement and the government, including the US Secret Service, and about 2 trillion dollars in the relief package known as the CARES Act was earmarked by law in March 2020, bringing unemployment benefits and loans to millions of Americans. Not a big fan of that CARES Act even though it was trying to help. Um however, as Secret Service spokesman subsequently pointed out, the act also opened up opportunities for criminals to frequently apply for aid. Hence, that's why there's fraud. By the end of 2021, nearly 2 years into the COVID-19 pandemic, the Secret Service had seized more than 1.2 billion dollars in relief funds appropriated by fraudsters. See, this is this is what happens when you have um legislation or care packages or care acts or whatever um that they they earmark basically they're pork and barreling it so the the cares act I did not agree with it I thought it was way too much money and it just encouraged people to stay home and not work unfortunately what happens is like you may have a really good piece of legislation it may be really important for the american people but when they earmark it that's when other people within legislation start adding more of what they want for their pet project. So that's also fraud and waste. So that's why the federal government overspends. You know, this is a perfect example of like what happened when Obamacare was passed. You know, Nancy Pelosi, she was notorious for saying, "Well, we need to pass Obamacare, you know, just so we know what's in it." No, you don't. That's not how you pass legislation. Like you're supposed to read stuff before you pass it. Like it it makes no sense. I mean, that would be like taking a test and not reading any any of the material and then expecting to ace the test when you haven't studied for it at all. It makes no sense. Um really bizarre, but that's just how it is. Um this next part talks about um a little bit about the uh John F Kennedy assassination and then um the attack on Gerald Ford twice um was attacked and then Ronald Reagan was seriously wounded. And so um so those things that the secret service they they do have a purpose 
I do think we do need them, but they need to focus on the presidency. Um, I really think that they need to focus on that and not so much all this other stuff, because I think there's a lot of stuff that gets put onto the Secret Service that, you know, initially the Secret Service, as we just discussed, was initially created to stop counterfeit, counterfeit currency. Um, but then they got tasked with all this other stuff. Well, I don't think that should have been done that way. I think they should have created different agencies. That way they, they have a specialty. Not, you know, how to describe this? You know, the Secret Service kind of reminds me of these administrative jobs or like administrative assistants where it's like, um, you know, yes, you're supposed to handle this one particular project. Let's say it's something in Microsoft Word. But then, unfortunately, a lot of employers expect lower paid workers to be multitaskers to the extreme. So basically, they're dumping all these other responsibilities onto one worker that actually is supposed to be other jobs. So I personally don't like it when an employer dumps all this other stuff on me. Just because I'm really good at one thing doesn't mean that I can do 20 or 30 different projects you know, you know, with the same expertise. But unfortunately, we have a lot of cheap labor and a lot of employers that are stingy, including the federal government, that you know, instead of hiring more people, they just want to dump all this stuff onto the same people that they do a really good job at one thing, but, oh, let's stretch them out, let's thin them out. You know, let's dump all this stuff on them. Oh, can't you multitask? I thought you were good at your job. You know, they, they pull that card. And so I can't stand that stuff because I've worked jobs over the years where the employer hired me for a set amount of tasks, and because I got really good at it, they didn't care to promote me and pay me more. They just dumped all this other stuff on me, and then they're wondering why stuff doesn't get done. It's like, well, okay, You know, you dumping all this stuff on one person is like, um, you know, a cardiologist performing a, you know, a very much emergency procedure on a patient's heart and then walking right in on the operation and say, hey, can you can you remove their appendix as well? Oh, and can you answer this fax? Can you type up this report? I know you're busy, but, you know, you know, you said you're smart and you can multitask. You know, would you want your. Your, your surgeon or your brain surgeon or your heart surgeon or, or your lung surgeon to be interrupted by something else while they, while they are performing a procedure on you? No, you would not. So needless to say, there are so many people that are burdened with so much work because they're really good at what they do. So the employer thinks, hey, how can I get more out of them? Instead of hiring more people to do really good work, they just dump all this other stuff on people that are already not paid very much. So... Not really a good thing to do. I'm just not a fan of all that. Um, but in terms of personnel, um, the, the Secret Service has special agents. And so this is a very specific, um, it's a very specific role. It says that um, the Secret Service accepts less than 1% of the special agent applicants. So, They're very specialized in what they're looking for. And so here's some of the things that they look for. At a minimum, it says, a, a prospective agent must be a U.S. citizen, possess a current valid driver's license, be in excellent health and physical condition, so you can't be a roly-poly, uh, possess phys, uh, visual, uh, sorry, possess basically uh, 20-20 vision, have really good vision, like amazing vision. And let's see here, and this is also, um, let's see here, You have to be between the ages of 31 and 37 at the time of appointment. And this also um, 
Let's see, it says eligible veterans, eligible veterans may apply past age 37. I don't agree with that. Um, I think veterans are given too much um, favoritism, and I don't mean that negatively towards veterans. It's just that, you know, I think you're, you're not applying equality. You are applying favoritism, and favoritism doesn't help anybody. It actually causes a lot of problems, and that's not really good at all. Uh, but anyway, prospective applicants must, al- must also, I can't even talk, must also qualify for a TSSCI top secret sensitive compartmented information clearance. Let me get a drink of water. Hold on just a moment. My mouth is getting dry. And they have to undergo an intensive background investigation, um, which includes um, in-depth interviews, drug screening, uh, medical diagnoses, and a full-scope polygraph examination. Polygraphs are stupid. Absolutely stupid. I don't agree with them whatsoever. The other stuff I think is awesome. Polygraphs are dumb. Um, special agents uh, receive training in two locations, totaling 31 weeks. So they go through um, criminal investigator training program, and that's conducted um, at the U- United States Department of Homeland Security Federal Law Enforcement Training Centers in Glencoe, Georgia. And that lasts about 13 weeks. The second type of training is the special agent training course. Excuse me, and that's conducted at the Secret Service Academy, and that's at the James Rowley Training Center. It's just outside Washington D.C. in Laurel, uh, Maryland, and that lasts about 18 weeks. Um, their career path depends on performance and promotions and individual assignments. And so sometimes, what I'm not a fan of with the federal government is sometimes they promote the wrong people, and it's the good old the uh, good old boy system. So. It's not always um, it's not always as good natured as you think. I mean, I hope it is, but we've seen times past with other federal agencies that's not always what you think. Um, but moving on, it says that officers may, um, as their careers progress, be selected to participate in one of several specialized units. And so, one of them is the K9 unit. Then they have emergency response team. They have the counter sniper team, motorcade support unit. Crime Scene Search Unit, Office of Training, Special Operations Section. Um, they do get very much trained on different types of weaponry. I'm not going to go through all of that. Needs to say they need to be really good at what they do. And so, it, you know, they show us pictures here of what I'm looking at. They have different badges that look really cool. They they changed over time. So there was a Secret Service badge that was from 1875 to 1890. Then it changed um, again. It went. They used a different badge from 1890 to 1971, and then they changed it um, so that a, a different badge from 1971 to 2003, and then they have a new badge as of 2003 to the present. And so, um, of course, as you know, the attire of what they wear, it's very well known how they dress and things of that nature. In terms of their field offices, um, the Secret Service. Um, They have 136 field offices and field agencies, and they're headquartered, of course, in Washington D.C., aka the swamp. Um, the services offices are located in cities throughout the United States and the world. So very interesting there. Talks a little bit about their misconduct, and let me get a drink of water. Hold on, just a moment. The air is still really dry here in Oklahoma. Okay, so it says here on April 14, 2012. The United States Secret Service placed 11 agents on administrative leave as agency investigated allegations that the men brought prostitutes to their hotel rooms. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. In Cartagena, Colombia, while on assignment to protect President Obama, 
And a dispute ensued with one of the women over payment the following morning. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um a lot of these men are hoes. Um a lot of these men that are um in our secret service and in our military, unfortunately whenever they travel, they like to sleep around and cheat on their wives and they can't keep it in their pants. So this is nothing new. Um uh, but basically um you know it's interesting is that they're supposed to hire people of character. But this has been a problem for a long time. It says after the incident was publicized, the Secret Service implemented new rules for its personnel. Oh no, new rules. The rules prohibit personnel from visiting non-reputable establishments, <laughs> basically whorehouses, and from consuming alcohol less than 10 hours before starting work. <laughs> Additionally, they restrict who is allowed in hotel rooms. Oh. <laughs> wow. So these these rules are new people. Yeah. So that means this has been going on a long time. So um you know there are so many people that work for the government that are skanks. It's like you know the more specialized they are and the more secrecy they have, the more they get away with stuff. I mean it's just unbelievable. I mean oh I just laugh. It's it's you know it's like bros before hoes. That's probably why they didn't want to pay their hoe. <laughs> is what that is. <laughs> That's funny. Um so in 2015, uh two inebriated senior secret service agents drove an official car into the White House complex and collided with a barrier. <laughs> funny. Oh my goodness. Um wow. It says on September 2015, it was revealed that 18 secret service employees or supervisors, including assistant director Ed Lowry, assessed um or accessed an unsuccessful 2003 application by Chef Tez for employment with the agency and discussed leaking the information to the media in retaliation for Chavez's investigation of agency misconduct. <laughs> wow. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. In March 2017, a member of Vice President Mike Pence's detail was suspended. After he was caught visiting a prostitute at a hotel in Maryland. Wow. These guys just can't keep it in their pants. My goodness. Woo! Um very interesting there. So, yeah. You know, okay. Here's the thing. Prostitution is nothing new. It's one of the oldest professions just like being a lawyer. Um whorehouses nothing new. Um men using women as a stress relief um nothing new um but it gets really old and it's very disappointing what's interesting is that you know i meet so many i how to how to describe this but i meet so many women that love to brag to me about their husbands how great they are how they're in the military or they're in this and that and they're important and i'm like you have no idea what a skankwad you're married to because it's like these wives like they just have no idea what their husband is bringing home herpes gonorrhea chlamydia trichomonas uh hpv hiv syphilis i mean lyme disease who knows what else i mean it's it's just like you know like i always find it interesting that the more a wife brags the more the more she is either oblivious to her husband's behavior or she knows what he's doing and she's just trying to save face and you know let me say this um there's no way i could be married to someone in the secret service no way 
No way, because you can't trust people hardly at all to be um, pure, to believe in holiness, to have chastity in things of that nature, and if they're married, um, to only be, you know, to be loyal to their spouse. I mean, it's just. I mean, there there is so much sexual promiscuity even within the FBI. It's really bizarre. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's like what I've said times past in a previous podcast, previous episode, where I said, look, just because people are married doesn't mean they honor God. And that's probably one of the number one things that bugs me about married people is them putting on airs that they're married. When I mean, here in Oklahoma, you know, we have a fifty percent divorce rate. <laughs> 50%. Okay. We're one of the highest in the country. And see, here's the thing. I've said this before. Dysfunctional people typically marry dysfunctional people. That's why they sleep around, you know, cheat on each other, and that's also why they overcompensate for each other. So, you know, just because someone's married doesn't mean that that they're not putting out whether they're male or female. So, You know, I remember when I was a kid and a teeny bopper, it meant something to be married. But then I've noticed, you know, when I went to college, I noticed that marriage didn't really mean much to professors because it was common for professors to hit on students and sleep around. And I was like, wow, I was hoping that was only only a problem at universities. But then you get out in the real world, and it's like the more people don't believe in God, um. The more they don't value their their body and they don't value the purity of their sexuality, much less anybody else's. So now we have more and more people sleeping around, more and more people delaying marriage, more and more people delaying having children, and yet we have a much higher divorce rate, even though we have people waiting to get married. You know, there was a way less divorce rate when people married at a younger age, and they stayed married, and they meant it when they got married. I'm not saying people never cheat on each other, but the the adultery rate was way less way back in the day. So, just food for thought on that one. That you know, I always always found it kind of odd on the uh, I think it's the TLC channel when they have that show. Was it called Say Yes to the Dress? I would laugh at some of these girls. I was just like, wow. Um, I could just tell their marriages were not going to last, just because you can tell when 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 a woman and a man have integrity in their relationship. Like they would interview um, the woman, and then they would interview the guy, and of course they're engaged to each other. And sometimes they show the marriage, and you know, they, or not the marriage, but they they show the wedding ceremony and things of that nature. I, you know, I could totally tell which ones were not going to last. Because again, if you have two dysfunctional people getting married, you have a dysfunctional marriage, and a dysfunctional marriage is not going to work. Even if they stay together, it's not going to work. Like there was this one girl. Oh, she was just a Mexican hoe. It was horrible. I was like, oh my gosh, she was. I mean, she looked like a beautiful Mexican model, just gorgeous. I mean, just amazingly beautiful. Her fiance, super handsome. They're just a beautiful couple. But he lacked character, but not as bad as her. And so she was trying on、um, these wedding dresses, and I don't think she understood that it's supposed to be a holy sacrament. It's 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 supposed to be serious because you're taking a very serious vow before God and before everybody in the room, basically, that you're saying that I love this person, I'm going to be loyal to them and faithful to them all of my life. 
And um, she viewed it as like, a, um, like one of these crazy Mexican celebrations. Like the, the wedding dresses that she picked were not wedding dresses. Like they were skankwad. Um, she was trying to show off her rack because she had breast implants. I mean, this chick had been sucked, tucked, and plucked, Botoxed, and she was young. And she just had this um, glamour kind of lifestyle perception, even though she wasn't like a movie star or anything per se. And even the person that was trying to help her pick out a wedding dress, like at this um, wedding dress um, establishment, you know, this really classy place, they're just like, um, what kind of wedding are you having? And she would tell them and, and they go, okay, well, do you plan on taking your vows in this kind of dress? Because it would not be appropriate to wear this in front of a preacher or a pastor or a priest. <laughs> so, And she just didn't care. I mean, it's just like, okay, obviously they, they've been having sex. Obviously she did not wait till she was married. He didn't wait till he was married. And they did not wait till they were married to have sex. So it was very obvious that both of them, the, um, the male and the female in that relationship, um, the man and the woman, They were very much not pure. So it's like, okay, you have two very unpure people. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that if you've ever had sex that, that you can't be pure. Of course you can. You can abstain. You, know, you can rededicate your life to Christ. You know, there's all these things you can do. You know, it's, it's good to put God first. But what I'm saying is that neither of them were putting God first in any area of their life. And it was so obvious. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, when I saw this show, let me get a drink of water. I was in my early 20s. I was like... Whoa, like I wasn't even super religious at the time. I didn't have a crazy lifestyle, but I wasn't really going to church or anything. And even I could tell that is not normal. It was weird. And it was just really, um, I felt sorry for her mother and her family because she just looked like a hoe. A very pretty hoe. <laughs> she just looked trashy. Well, you know, that tells me that she doesn't respect her body. And also, if she doesn't respect her body, who is she going to date? Who is she going to marry? So I guarantee you that marriage did not last at all. It was a very interesting show, and it really, I don't think it made women look very good. It made them look very um, petty, superficial, and just weird. Because I just thought, you know, if I was getting married, there's no way I would act like that at, at a bridal salon or whatever, or you know, shopping for a bridal dress. And then there's this other episode I saw. This woman, she brought every friend that she has and her mother and her mother-in-law. And it's like, oh, my gosh, just like 15, 20 people. I'm like, when you go shopping for a wedding dress, you know, where I'm from, you, you either go by yourself or you take one person with you. Usually you're maid of honor or your best friend or something. But if it was me, I would go by myself. Like, I don't care about other people's opinion. Like, it's, it's my life. It's my event. And I'm going to do what I want to do, especially if it's appropriate. And... You know, what I didn't like about that show is you have all these women that they go shopping for, you know, a beautiful dress for their special day. But then they go put the dress on, they come out and they walk down this little, I guess, this really beautiful aisle. And they, they, they step up on this, uh, I guess, ledge looking thing. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a display stand kind of looking thing, but it's on the floor. And they're, they're doing like a twirl and they're showing the dress to the other women that they're with. And it's like, why would you care? Why would you care what they think? 
And you know what? I hardly ever saw a nice mother-in-law. It's like, why would you take your mother-in-law with you to anything? Like, what, what does her opinion matter? It just doesn't. You know, I'm not against mother-in-laws. I mean, I'm not. But it's just like, you know, it's about the bride. You know, it's her dress. It's her wedding. Yes, you're bringing together two families. But, you know, there was one episode I saw where, again, it was like 15 women Oh, and this girl, she brought her stupid brother. He was a hateful, womanizing, oh my gosh, peon pig. And if she wasn't being criticized by the mother-in-law, she's being criticized by her controlling brother. And I was like, why would you take a man's opinion? What do they know about shopping unless they're gay? And it's like, even then, why would you listen to other people's opinions about this? It's your day. It's your dress. It's your life. Like, I just thought it was weird. I just was like, man, when I get married, I'm not taking anybody with me to go get my wedding dress because I don't care what other people think. <laughs> just don't. I've been like that since I was little. It's like, you know, it just really woke me up to the fact that how easily manipulated women are. And I just thought, you know, you think people are your friends and it's just like, you know, Your moment belongs to you. It doesn't belong to somebody else. And so I find interesting, and you're probably thinking, where are you going with this? Well, here's the thing. The point is this. There were so many of these women that were shopping for wedding dresses, and the most dysfunctional engaged couples were those that had bizarre behavior at these uh, bridal salons or whatever. And it's like, you know, I can totally see... their future husbands being like these secret service agents cheating on their spouses and hooking up with hoes and prostitutes in other countries and <laughs> at their homeland. See, because there's a thing. When you have a dysfunctional spouse, you have a dysfunctional marriage. I'm not saying that you, know, you should never give people a chance. You know, that's just, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that what you marry is what you marry. And so typically you need to marry someone that... makes you want to be an even better person because you love them so much. So if you're marrying a dysfunctional person, they're not really going to help you be an even better version of yourself. They're going to bring you down to their level because they don't care to change. So just be aware of that. And if you're dating someone in the Secret Service, um, I would ditch them because I think you can do better. Whether male or female, I think you can definitely do better. Um, but I will go ahead and end this podcast. But as usual, until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Speak.